Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. Welcome back to I Am Athlete Tonight. I'm your host, Lee J. Dues, but with my squad, Auntie Chantel Trimeter and Ashley Nicole Moss and the 49ers send the Cowboys back home in back-to-back years in the playoffs. Winning the game 19-12. Now, Dak Prescott, He's gotten praise. He's been criticized. People were wondering what he would do in this game after he shredded the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we all knew was not really a good team. Now he faced the number one defense in football. Two costly turnovers, two bad interceptions. Brett Maher missed another extra point. He did actually make two field goals in that game. But this is Dak Prescott after the game taking blame for those two interceptions. Just two throws that, that that I can't have. You can't have in the playoffs. You can't have when you're trying to beat a team like that. You can't have on the road. And, um, yeah, no excuses for that. Those are two are 100% on me. Uh, obviously. I mean, you threw a late comeback route, and then you threw another ball in zone Dude, coverage, and you didn't even wait, see the nickel corner. I mean, I, it don't take the smartest man, Auntie and Ashley, to know those two interceptions were on Dak Prescott. But the game really turned. Where it really turned was when it was, I believe it was tied up, I want to say it was nine nine, and then Brock Purdy rolled out to the route, found rolled out to the right. He found George Kittle, and George Kittle made a hell of a catch on a tipped up ball. And then after that, Kyle Shanahan was like, "We're just gonna play bully ball and run the ball down your throat with Elijah Mitchell." And then it finished off with Christian McCaffrey getting into the end zone. But the thing that tripped me out about Kellen Moore, even when you know the 49ers took that seven point lead, right? Turpin gets a big return, which. Literally, he should have scored on that kick return. He ran into Robbie Gold. Me and Auntie talked about this earlier in the show. If he just breaks to the left, he's walking into the end zone. I don't blame him, though, because he's a Pro Bowl returner, was USFL Player of the Year. Um, You know, he would probably like to have that return back because he gets into the end zone. Instead, you know, Dallas has to settle for a field goal right there, 16-12. 49ers add another field goal. But you guys, Ashley, you guys get the ball back with about three minutes left. I think it was like 2.59 on the clock, right? And Kellen Moore calls three straight pass plays. I'm like, what What are we doing here? Like, try to run the ball, try to establish some type of run. Because when Tony Pollard got hurt, it was like the offense was so basic. It was like screen to the left to CeeDee Lamb, screen to the right to CeeDee Lamb. He did have the one big pass down the left sideline. But besides that, the offense was anemic when, when Tony Pollard went out of the game. So to me, like, try to establish some type of run. But no, he threw the pad, threw a ball three straight times before I just got the ball back. Now, Dallas ended up getting the ball back with like 30 seconds left. And Dalton Schultz, I don't know if he was just not locked into the game, 
But too many errors, right? One time he got knocked out of bounds because he went backwards. Clock starts rolling instead of him running out of bounds, making sure he's going forward instead of backwards. Then another time, just get two feet in bounds. Like he got a nonchalant, nonchalant, caught the ball, only got one foot in. That cost him like 15, 20 yards where they could have maybe threw a Hail Mary at the end of the game. So reporters, of course, after they lost this game, were asking Jerry Jones, does this affect Mike McCarthy's status going forward? And this is what Jerry Jones had to say about his head coach. Uh, coach Mike McCarthy, does a result like this change anything in your mind with him? No. No. No, not at all. And um, uh, their decision to, uh, for our kicker was exonerated with his uh, field goal in my mind, and uh, I'm proud for him. Uh, but uh, this is, uh, this is uh, very uh, sickening. Jerry, I know it is sickening. It's got to be really sickening. So, Ashley, let me ask you this question. Should Jerry Jones feel confident moving forward with Mike McCarthy as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Um, No. And that's not to say that Mike McCarthy is the sole blame for the loss because I feel like there's four people to blame for the situation. Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, and Dak Prescott. They get all the blame. The defense did their job. CeeDee Lamb did what he could do with what he was given. You know, the offensive line did their job. I mean, everybody did their job except those four people that I mentioned. Kellen Moore's play calling was safe. It didn't go ahead and allow Dak Prescott to do what he could do. It was predictable. Um, I don't think Brock Purdy did anything miraculous. You look at the stats, he didn't have a single touchdown. They threw for roughly the exact same amount of yards, 214 to 206. So it's not like he did. Well, you any- know what he didn't do, Ashley? He didn't, throw I know two he didn't picks. have any interceptions. Mm. Right. But what I'm saying is, is when you look at taking t- interceptions out of the game, it's not like he got outplayed by someone who was throwing touchdowns left and right. He didn't. That's not what happened. I think it also, I think the San Francisco 49ers called be- better plays. They were more creative with their play calling. They ran the ball. They threw the ball. Um, they had, you know, some trick plays and it's just, it was more creative across the board. Kellen Moore got out called. Um, I think that Jerry Jones, listen, Mike McCarthy. Yes. You can go ahead and give him credit for that Tampa Bay game. If you want to Tampa Bay, wasn't a good team. And I mean, yes, you're playing, uh, uh, you're playing, uh, Tom Brady, the goat. So you can never really underestimate that team fully when you have him at the helm, but let's call a spade a spade. That team is a skeleton of what the Super Bowl version of them were. So I can't put too much stock in Mike McCarthy not ruining that. Now, had he done that, he probably wouldn't have even been coaching in this 49ers game, but that's not what happened. But I think that he has to, Jerry Jones has to look at it like this. Yeah, you got that Tampa Bay win. Let's go ahead and weigh that win with what it was. It was, it was a good win. It wasn't like overly impressive, but is Mike McCarthy the, the coach that's going to take you to the promised land? No. And how much longer do you have? How much more do you have to see for that to be the case? We saw this with Jason Garrett. There was a lot of years that Jason Garrett was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys that he shouldn't have been. And it was Jerry Jones being comfortable in the mediocrity that he was delivering. Yeah, he wasn't terrible, but he also wasn't great. He wasn't producing Super Bowls. He wasn't producing the NFC Championship games. He wasn't completely tarnishing your season, but he also wasn't really elevating it. And I don't want to see Jerry. Listen, this team, this Dallas Cowboys team is not getting any younger. We see it in Zeke. 
We see it in Dak. He's 29 years old. He's going to be 30 in July, I believe. The team's not getting any younger. You, your window of time of capitalizing on this talented roster, because it is a talented team. Let's call it what it is. All the Cowboy jokes aside, this is a very talented football team, offensively and defensively. Your window of capitalizing on that closes more every single season. And unless you're going to go ahead and put a coach in the position that can lead this talented roster to the promised land, all you're doing is rehashing what you did with Jason Garrett. You're reliving the same thing with different names. But I also blame Jerry Jones. Yes, CeeDee Lamb was out there and he was doing what he could do. But Jerry, you traded away your number one receiver, Amari Cooper, in the offseason. You took a weapon away from your quarterback. You have an aging Ezekiel Elliott. Tony Pollard goes down, so that takes away a big chunk of your offense because everyone knows the Cowboys love a run-heavy offense. And now you leave Dak out there with one weapon because, yeah, Michael Gallup's good for a little bit here and there, but he's not wide receiver number one. So Jerry's at fault for that. Mike McCarthy's at fault for just being mediocre. Dak Prescott, I love him to death. You know I'm a Dak defender. He is my guy. I think he is a good quarterback. I believe that he has it in him to be a great quarterback, but he hasn't shown that. And it can't be just Cowboy fans or Dak fans going to bat for him and saying, he's a great quarterback. He has it in him. He can win a Super Bowl. Dak, you got to meet us halfway. You got to show us why that's true. And he didn't show me why that was true. And I can't, I don't have an excuse for what I saw from him. They were, that was a terrible performance. And there's not an excuse that I can make to defend that because there are, there was an opportunity in that game. It was 12, 19, I believe was the, the, the score. There was two and a half, three minutes left. on. Yeah. The that's clock. the one I was talking about. Yeah. Dak, that was your moment to show us why you're an elite quarterback. That was your moment to drive that team down the field. That was your moment to run the ball yourself if you had to. That's what great quarterbacks do. That's what Patrick Mahomes does. That's what Tom Brady did in his prime. That's what Aaron Rodgers did in his prime. That's what Lamar Jackson can do. That's what those quarterbacks, when you talk about great quarterbacks, when you talk about elite quarterbacks, that window of time is when they prove to you, this is why I'm worth what my paycheck. And this is why I'm the leader of the Dallas Cowboys or the leader of whatever team. And he didn't do that. And there are a lot of opportunities that he has to do that. And he falls short. So, yes, I can see greatness in him. But what good is that if nobody else sees it because he doesn't produce it when it means the most? And that's what happened. And it's unfortunate because now another season is going to go by and he's not going to get any younger. The team's not going to get any younger. And now you got to do it all over again. So I I think, honestly, you there's a lot of players that you can't get rid of because he uses contracts, things like that. But where you can blow it up, and, and start from zero or start from whatever point you want to start from, Jerry Jones needs to do that. And it starts with Kellen Moore and it starts with Mike McCarthy. If you ask me, both of them have to go. Well, Auntie, before I bring you in, there's a lot to unpack um, in that soliloquy that Ashley just played. She had to get some things off her chest to sound like. But it, if you look sad. at it, right, you said you give some blame to Mike McCarthy. Absolutely. The, the one thing I give blame to Mike McCarthy was how his team didn't finish that game. I talked about Dalton Schultz twice. Just having the awareness, right? That comes from top down, the details. You have to understand in that situation, you can't get knocked backwards because the clock continues to run. You also have to understand, I have to get two feet in bound to give us a chance to throw a Hail Mary. Dude, Other than that, 
Dudes, where do they teach you that? Like peewee football. Yeah, but I mean, that the comes, that, that is a, yeah, that's the message that comes from top down. It's the details. It's the fine details. Auntie, you can speak to that too, playing as long as you did in the WNBA. It's the little finite details that you have to do that get rubbed into your head since you were younger. Other than that, I don't blame Mike McCarthy. To me, after hearing you talk, it seems like Dak needs to get all the damn blame. Let's, 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 no. let's, 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 let's dive into this. Let's dive into yeah. this though. In a game like that, Ashley, just to break it down from a football standpoint, defensive battle, back and forth. You talked about it. Brock Purdy didn't have any crazy numbers. But the one thing he didn't do was turn the football over. Yes. In a game, in a defensive battle like that, turning the ball over will get your team beat, and that's exactly what happened to the Dallas Cowboys. And you look at it, that should have to wait another pick. Drake Greenlaw dropped one, hit him straight in the hands. And it was on that drive that you were talking about where Dak had a chance to prove that I can be an elite quarterback. Two and what? a half so, minutes. I, I got to push back on that a little bit, though, dudes, because if you look at some of those, I think it was one of those interceptions. It's, it's I'll give Dak that he's had a lot of interceptions this season, but if you really break them down, a handful of them are truly because he just did not do what he was supposed to do with that football. Some of them, they're there the balls hitting receivers in the chest. They drop. Yeah, but that, that didn't happen. I'm that sorry. didn't happen Sunday. It's, it's, it's getting tipped. It's some of them are not solely on Dak Prescott, but yes, a lot of them are. So I will give you that, but I can't give him a hundred percent of the blame for all the interceptions that he has this season. A lot of, um, I would say a good piece of them are not a hundred percent his fault. He just gets the, he just gets the stat line. Well, no, I'm not even talking about season. I'm just talking about for this specific game, those interceptions were him. I don't know. I don't think one of them was him directly throwing it into traffic. I think one of them got tipped. No, no. So the one you're talking about that, that Fred Warner got picked, Jimmy Ward should have picked that off, hit him in the chest, and right. then it bounced up. Hey, so either way, he should have threw that pass. Go hey, ahead, y'all. Auntie. Because I ain't spoken for fifteen minutes. <laughs> Go ahead. And auntie. I wanted the folks to remember I was on the I was on the uh, I was on the call. One, um, a couple things. One, uh, you know, Ash, you did talk about you know Dak did didn't do Dak didn't have a great game, but Brock it wasn't like Brock Purdy did anything. Brock Purdy led his team to a win. And and yeah, it wasn't the the 300 some yards per game that we saw the last couple of weeks. But we also got to remember he's a rookie and he's in his mm-hmm. seventh game, right? And th- you're absolutely right. I, I think that Dallas's game plan was horrible. Um, you know, and 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 more more importantly, I thought, you know, I didn't think that that Kyle Shanahan's game was called very much, you know, I yeah, I almost that, think that he could have lost. It was slightly more season, creative, man. but that's right. not saying much because ours was so uncreative. Right, but but I do think that that it, I don't even think it would have been close had he let Brock be the Brock that he's had the last you know four or five weeks. But you know what, dude said is is you know defensive coordinator. He knows this. You know he hired Kyle Shanahan, and so, but but you know I I, I say this and I and I say this with all due respect to Dallas. Cowboys fans and to my girl Ash because you know me, you my girl. <laughs> but but I just don't think Dak is a Super Bowl quarterback. I mm. really don't, and I and I only say that because he's proven time and time again that he can't win the big game. And 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 the in the big moments, you know, how many times are we going to say like given better play calls and and things like like how many times in the big moments is he not? You know, is he not going to, you know, do what do what he do what Dak does, right? You you said that, you know, he had what 206 yards and Brock Purdy only had 214 yards, but Brock Purdy threw the ball 29 times and, and Dak almost yeah. threw it 40. Yeah. 
But mm. one thing I can agree with you. But that is also because the run game was taken away from Dallas at before a little bit before the half when Tony Pollard. Absolutely. But but even when they went back to Zeke, I mean Zeke was only averaging two yards a carry. Yeah. Um, well, he had like yeah. 26 yards. But what I do agree with you on 100 percent is no matter who gets fired, whoever called that last bullshit ass play <laughs> needs to be fired mm-hmm. because I have no idea why they would even, you know, hey Dak, we need seven. This is the last play of the game. Throw the ball five yards down the field, you know, to, <clears throat> you know, to a, to your receiver who is blanketed anyways. So whoever called that was was that was ridiculous. But I do I do agree with you, uh, Ashley. Um, Jerry Jones, I've, I've said this from the beginning. I don't like him. I don't like how he. I think he's in. I think he's in the business of the Dallas Cowboys too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike McCarthy has to go. Um, and Kellen Moore, you know, you you fired Byron Leftwich, and Leftwich got you a Byron Leftwich got you a Super Bowl, and Kellen Moore hadn't got you anything. And either <laughs> you're gonna keep Kellen or you're gonna keep Dak. But if you keep Kellen, I think you're gonna get the same Dak next year. And listen, it's saying that we, Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore need to go is not taking away the blame from Dak Prescott because right, of- right. I, right. I'm adamant in saying, and this is coming from someone who's a huge Dak Prescott fan and have been since he took over the franchise. Right. But he has to show what I know and a lot of Cowboy fans believe he is capable of. We have seen right. it in spurts. We have seen it when games maybe don't mean as much. That's what I'm about to say, but when have we actually seen it? No, but but what I'm saying is I we know the talent is there because if it wasn't there, you wouldn't see it at all. So it's not like it's not like it doesn't exist. It just doesn't doesn't exist when you need it to. And that's the issue that is at hand. But but wait a minute. One question. If he was a subpar quarterback, you would never see him do elaborate things. You would never see him win big games. in the regular season, but we have. Right. But we always talk about the GOAT, right? We always talk about basketball. And we right. and the biggest thing they say between Jordan and Braun is what? Jordan has won championships. championships. And right. that's the thing is, Dak hasn't won any big moments. And, and he has to, like you said earlier, like he has to start meeting people halfway. And he's mm-hmm. getting paid way too much money to to keep going out in the playoffs this early every single year. It's time for Dak Prescott. He did, he gotta he gotta step up or get the hell off the pot. Yeah, and that'll be my. We got to get to break, but my thing is like, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, like, what what do you do with Dak? Is he the future? Because, again, yes, was the play calling maybe anemic after Tony Pollard went down? Yeah, rightfully so. You have nobody that's more explosive on that team than Tony Pollard, and after that, you got mm-hmm. Ceedee Lamb, and he still went over a hundred yards and tried to do what he could do. But it's just on like just ten receptions. They should have given yeah, him the ball thirty it's, it's times. It's like like he was the only one touching the ball. But then it's like when Dak threw it to other people, it was picked off. So it's like, right. yeah, you could blame the offensive coordinator all you want. You could blame Mike McCarthy. But at the end of the day, the guy that has the ball with a chance to tie the game up or win the, the game just didn't get it done. And that's yep. been synonymous with him for his whole career. So, but it could be worse, dudes. And Ashley, it could be worse. They could be right. the Dallas. I mean, they could be the New York Giants or the mm. Jets. Chill. Yeah, and everybody that. and everybody home with us right now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. And the one game in the divisional round that got ugly really quick was the Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Giants. 38 to 7. Shout out to the Eagles radio on Sirius XM for that final call of that game. I mean, this was bully ball from the beginning, y'all. The Eagles ran the ball down the Giants' throat for almost 300 yards. Jalen Hurts was efficient with the football, didn't throw for a lot of yards. He was 16 to 24 for 154. James Bradbury got him a little payback in this game. Former Giant got him an interception in this game. And this game was early over now. Hurts, Jalen Hurts started the quarter seven of seven for 89 yards in that first quarter. And again, true beatdown. I mean, the defensive line for the Eagles, Deshaun Reddick had two sacks on the first drive. Matter of fact, the Giants tried to go for it after he sacked Daniel Jones on third and three, ended up being fourth and eight, and he sacked him again the next play. Um, I knew the game was going to be in trouble after that. Well, you know, now that the Giants' season is over, the Giants head coach, Brian Dayball, you know, he met with the media to talk about future plans with Daniel Jones, and this is what he said about that. He's done everything that we've asked him to do, and he's done a really good job with, you know, operating and executing our offense. I think he's made strides in a lot of different areas. Uh, certainly we can all make strides in more, but he's, you know, he's been a good leader for us, played the quarterback position well for us. I'm happy we had him. The team we have this year, it'll be different, um, and that's just the NFL. So how you build the chemistry with the team is important. It starts, you know, it starts in April. So it's a, you're glad you have some of the players that you're going to have coming back, but certainly you're going to have a lot of new players, whether that's draft picks, free agent, different guys, and, you know, everybody's got to come together again and start building, you know, the team for the next season. That man said the team will be different, which he's telling the truth. Every team every year is different. But the GM, Joe Shane, said something a little different in regards to, in regards to Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. This is what he said about their futures. We'd like Daniel to be here. Again, he, he said it yesterday. There's, there's a business side to it, but um, we feel like Daniel played well this season. He's done everything that we asked him to do, and uh, we'll devise an off-season plan. But we, we haven't had those meetings yet, but uh, we would like to have Daniel Jones back. We'd like to have all the guys back. I really would. But there's, there's a business side to it, and you know, there's rules that you need to operate under in terms of the salary cap. And you know, Saquon's, he's a good player. He's a great teammate. You know, I, love to get to, I love getting to know him this season. And you know, he's a guy we would like to have back. 
You need to stop lying, Auntie and Ashley. Yeah, we want lie. everybody back. You need to stop. You would have got rid of half of them players if you had the cap money last year. You're gonna so get rid of Barkley. Lying. I mean, there was rumors, guys, that Saquon Barkley, I think around bye week, was offered a $12 million a year contract that he turned down. And Barkley, you know, during his press conference yesterday was saying he's not really trying to reset the market. But we all know Christian McCaffrey's making close to 16. I would think that's probably where he, he wants his money. Supposedly, the Giants aren't going to look to offer him near that 16. So it'd be, it could be interesting all season. Now, they could franchise tag him for about $10 million and keep him on the books and then play Daniel Jones, which also could be an option. So, Auntie, let me ask you this. What do you mm-hmm. think is, is next for the Giants? I think they... I think they do keep Daniel. I, you know, he started playing really well down the down the stretch. You know, started really using his legs and and making much better decisions. Um, you know, started looking more of the the Duke Daniel Jones than the than the initial uh, New York Giants Daniel Jones. <clears throat> I don't I don't know. I think I agree with you. I don't I don't think they pay Barkley uh, mm. sixteen. I don't know if he's worth sixteen million. Um, you know, is he? Uh, but and and but Brian Dayball talking about it starts in April and and off season. No, your your off season started yesterday, so you know it, it was a horrible showing. Um, you know it wasn't it like they look bad on all sides of the ball, all sides of the ball, and it, and it, obviously the Eagles on paper right now are, are the best team in the in the NFL. But I mean, it just it just was embarrassing, and so. Whatever they do, they got to make some changes because, you know, you can play well at the very beginning. They just prove that you can play well at, during the season and then take a goose egg at the at the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, this, this is why Brian Dable is probably up for head coach of the year, right? If you look at just the roster on paper, a lot of guys' names you wouldn't have known coming into this season. Right. I mean, Isaiah Hodgins didn't even get there until later in the season. He wasn't even there in the beginning of the year. Ended up being their number one receiver. Lawrence Cager was with the Jets in the beginning of the year. He mm-hmm. ended up being a really good mm-hmm. tight end for the New York Giants. I mean, Joe Shane did a really good job trying to patch up this offensive line from where it was last year with the cap struggles that they had. So, I mean, for you to say that you're going to try to bring everybody back, we know that's nonsense because now that yeah. you actually have some money to spend, you can go get Daniel Jones those weapons on the outside. He doesn't have a true number one. I think Isaiah Hodgins could be a really good receiver. I'm not sure if he'll be a number one. Maybe he just needed an opportunity. And 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 when he was out there, he played really well. Now he didn't really play well on Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday or no Saturday when they played the Eagles. Um, didn't show up in the stat line there. But again, Auntie to Auntie's point, Eagles are one of the most balanced teams. Auntie, what do you think the Giants? I mean, Ashley, what do you think the Giants end up doing with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley? I think they keep Daniel Jones. I'm, I'm in agreement with that. I mean, I don't think Daniel Jones is a, is a great quarterback. I don't think he's exceptional, but I think he's a great athlete. I think a lot of people ignore the fact that he is a really good athlete. I mean, he'll he'll run that ball. He'll do a lot of things, you know, possible for, you know, to keep a drive alive, to to go ahead and win. I don't know if he has the natural ability, though, that's going to go ahead and result in what the giants are looking for in terms of a super bowl. I mean, they're very far from that, but that's always the goal in the NFL, right? It's, it's in the business of winning super bowls and winning championships. I don't know if he's the quarterback that's going to get you there, but I also don't know that the giants have another option right now. So mm. I think that they keep him. Saquon Barkley is a different story. I mean, I think that we see spurts of that Saquon that's, 
you know, we all first fell in love with that. We were like, holy crap, this guy is a freak like this. this He's different. And then circumstances and, and unfortunate circumstances have happened that have kind of derailed that. But I don't know if you're ever going to get and this is not a knock to his abilities and his 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 dedication to rehab, things like that. I don't know if you ever see that version of him again. So mm. I don't know how much longer the Giants hold on to the past version of Saquon Barkley, hoping that reemerges for the entirety of a season and a postseason if they get there. Right. We all know the stats on running backs and we all know what eventually happens to them, especially when they have a lot of miles, miles on them, especially when they were used heavily in the offense early in their career. And especially when you compile the fact they've had some serious injuries back to back to back in their career. I don't know if you ever see Saquon Barkley of, of his first few years in the league again. And I think that it's time that the Giants have that conversation and maybe start preparing for that next running back, that next piece to the puzzle that's going to make them, you know, a team that you don't want to have to compete against because they know they're going to, there's a possibility that they can beat you. Yeah. If, if you look at Brian Dable, right. Coming from over from Buffalo, they're not accustomed to having a feature back, right. They had multiple backs in Buffalo. And even if, you know, you look at week 18 when Saquon Barkley didn't play, right. Gary Brightwell and Matt Breida played really well in that game. And they'll be able to bring both of those guys back for a lot cheaper than they would be able to bring, Saquon Barkley, the NFL, I'll tell you about this. This is what the NFL does, right? They'd rather let you go one year too early than one year too late, to your point, Ashley and Auntie. So as far as Saquon, we know the injuries. And, and he, I think he's self-aware. He came out, I mean, he could be self-aware and he could just be saying this for the media, but he came out and said he understood he had two years of injuries, right? He's not trying to reset the market. But my thing is they offered you 12. Yeah, you, you never take the first offer, but like, are you trying to get close to that 16 where Christian McCaffrey is, right? Because McCaffrey's dealt with a lot of injuries too, but San Francisco was willing to trade for him and pay him. And right now it looks like it's going to, you know, benefit them as they get ready to go to the NFC championship game. But if you're the Giants, right, what number is the sweet spot to bring Saquon Barkley without, you know, giving him too much where you can't help other positions of need on that team that is the big question i gotta ask i don't i don't i don't give him more i offered him 12 that's where i started i'm not going past if i'm the giants he's not seeing a number past 13 and a half truthfully and from what i've heard that's essentially what they've said that like they're not going too much higher than that 12 number so we see saquon could be on another team this all season or give again they could franchise him and it'd only be 10 million for one year right the thing is, do you worry about him holding out if that's the case, especially as a Wait, running you know back? Let's let's say he does hold out, right? How much drastically worse does that make the Giants? Let's think about it. If you're talking about the first eight weeks, he was the team. Right. <laughs> but let's 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 think about this. If you have a if you have a plan B running back, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who's not gonna cost you that much you know someone who's not going to go ahead and want 16 million dollars a year let's say you find a guy who's just as efficient as Saquon mm. is right now or a couple of maybe even a tier or two below him well, the man had 1300 yards Ashley. Right. but let's okay <laughs> even a even a tier or two below him maybe half those amount of yards does that make the team drastically worse than what they are right now I just think the home run ability is what separates Saquon Barkley from of course. the running Of course, but what backs. I'm saying is if he holds out, if you're yeah. the GM, 
you're you're Saquon's like, I'm not playing unless you pay me sixteen million dollars a year. Do you pay him or you say hold out? Because how, oh, much, nah. how much well, I, well if they're not paying him, you, you can let him hit free agency. You can either let him hit free agency or you just tag him at $10 million. Say like, say it gets to the point, Ashley, where free agency is about to come up. You haven't agreed on a deal. If you really want him to be a part of your team, you just tag him. And I hate that, you know, from a player's perspective, I'm always with the players getting money and enough financial security throughout their whole career. Um, But this is the business of football, right? They have that caveat that they could use. Like, all right, we're not agreeing on nothing. We're going to franchise tag you and you stuck here for another year anyway. So, that's the issue they have. Um, I think you can't franchise him and Daniel Jones. I don't think you franchise Daniel Jones. I think you try to work out a three or four year deal. I think Daniel Jones has earned that for how well he's it, played you would, this you year. Would, you see, I'm. I don't know. I'd franchise tag Daniel Jones. That number is way too high for a quarterback. That's you got to think yeah. it's the average of the top five quarterbacks in the league. It's like forty five million. Yeah, yeah you're not paying Daniel high Jones high forty high million dollars. <laughs> I forgot that bar is different. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. With Saquon, it's only $10 million. So that's, at least you can work right. out a deal with Daniel Jones that pays him around 30 something a year and you franchise tag, you know, Saquon Barkley. Then you got some wiggle room to, to you know, move some other pieces around. I know Leonard Williams, they've talked to him about maybe taking a pay cut to play next to Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence is going to need a deal. He's an all pro D tackle. So there's some things that Joe Shane and, you know, Brian Dayball have to do. <clears throat> Let's get to the other team real quick, the Eagles. Honestly, yeah. do you, do you think the Eagles are the most complete team in football right now? I don't. Here's my thing with the Eagles. I I'm not going to I'm not going to discredit the talent they have on the team. Not going to do that. Not going to be a typical Cowboys fan and discredit it. Mm. I just don't know if they've been actually battle tested yet. Like that's 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 why I'm not a, I can't really say that this is the team to beat. They haven't been bad. Who have they played? Who have they played? The Cowboys. They the played Giants. the Cowboys first. <laughs> Cooper Rush and almost lost. And then they played the Cowboys again without Jalen Hurts and lost. So when I look at the Eagles, I'm not going to discredit the coach. I'm not going to discredit the talent. I think Jalen Hurts. Listen, I, I didn't like how everyone was coming down on him when he first got into the league. I always thought that he had the potential to be the quarterback that we're seeing now. I think he's still the ceiling's still high for him. I think he still has room to grow. I'm a big fan of Devontae Smith. I wasn't a I wasn't, you know, concerned about his weight or anything like that when he came into the league. And he's too skinny, he's too this. But as a team, as a unit, they're not battle tested. Who have they played? They played the Vikings, beat them. I mean, these are playoff teams you're talking about. Why you? Why Texans? You, we're talking. I mean, the I'm, Kansas City Chiefs almost lost to the Texans, Lord. though. That's the NFL. What I'm saying is, is, I look at the 49ers. That's a battle tested team. But the people Cowboys said they haven't really been battle tested until they played the Cowboys. Uh, they played. There was that one or they two. played Seattle, and then the the Vegas game. They're not a playoff team. I just my only thing with the Eagles is I can't, without a shadow of a doubt, say that they are the team to beat They're It's I'm not going to say that they're not a good football team. I'm not going to say they haven't been doing handling business the entire season because what Bill Parcells say, you are what your record says you are. And the record says they're the NFC East champions. As much as that pains me to say, it's the fact. So I'm not going to take that from them. It's just, there's something that's not 
100% believable for me with that team. And it's because I haven't really seen them do anything spectacular against a really, really, really good football team in the regular season. And I think that they come across the four when they play the 49ers, it's, it's going to be a lot. T- I mean, I still think that I still have them winning that game, but it's going to be a lot tougher than I think a lot of people are going to be think it's going to be for them. Mm, what you think, Auntie? The the Eagles go into the final four, so to speak, with something that no other team has. And that's Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no I mean, <clears throat> Joe can use his legs pretty a little bit. Um, Mahomes, he's not gonna be able to he's not gonna be a hundred percent anyways. Mm. But the threat of and that RPO, man, um, they just you have to be such a it's not even about the Eagles, Ash. For me, I think it's more about the discipline of the, the defense. 49ers. Yeah, and, they got to be what detailed. The, yeah, and what the what the Eagles do to defenses is they make you have to. They make you undisciplined with your eyes. And if, if you're ever undisciplined against them, um, wherever your eyes are, they're gonna beat you somewhere else. Mm. And and I think that that Jalen Hurts coming back. Um, they just look like a totally different team, right? When when he isn't out there, and then when he is, and I I don't know if they're the most complete team. <clears throat> um, yeah, they're not. There's a lot of holes in that team. There, there's, but I but I think they're the most dangerous mm. because of Jalen Hurts. Um, and and yeah, Joe Burrow is playing amazingly well. He has amazing quarterback. I mean, a uh, wide receiver weapons. Jalen Hurts has those same kind of weapons, but but he's still got Jalen Hurts. And you always have to keep an eye on Jalen Hurts. Like he could he could rush for a hundred in a game. I think the Eagles sure. are I think the Eagles are gonna wash the 49ers. They're gonna cakewalk. Uh, well, I don't know about that. They're cakewalking to the Super Bowl. They cakewalk yeah, the Giants. They cakewalk against the last few weeks of the season. They're going to cakewalk to the Super Bowl. And I feel like the Super Bowl is when the, the first time they'll actually get battle tested, depending on who makes it there first. The disrespect for Kyle Shanahan has just got to stop. It's got to right. stop. I, I, this I is my thing. Awesome. You don't think that they're going to, you don't think they're going no. to beat the 49ers? No, I don't no. actually. The, the 49ers if, if, defense if you look, is if you look a little at it, bit put so much stock in Jalen Hurts. You still got to score points. Yeah, but that that yeah. 49ers defense is uh is disciplined it's and it's a lot and, different. And, but but it's also you're right. They got to score points, but if Mike Shannon, I mean if if Kyle Shanahan gets back to where he was pre last game and lets yeah. Purdy make some throws, make let's let's Debo and and um I Ayuk and and uh and Christian McCaffrey get in space. Um you know, that that Philadelphia defense got to play some defense but too. Here's yeah. the thing, I think I listen, we lost, so this is it, it takes with a grain of salt. But playing the 49ers up until the point that the Cowboys started shooting themselves in the foot, I didn't think the 49ers were that big and bad. Like that was a winnable game for the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that the Eagles are a lot more disciplined than the Cowboys have been this season. On defense? And, no, offensively. Where Ooh, I think uh, the Eagles are a lot more disciplined than the Cowboys have been offensively. I think that Jalen Hurts well, has, had a better better quarterback. Season, has had a better season than Dak Prescott has had offensively. There's, there's a lot of people. On yeah, but if, if, you think, if you like, think about it. They, saying, the Cowboys didn't look great against the 49ers. There was a point, though. It on defense, like, they did. 
defense, I'm talking offense versus 49ers defense. They did not yeah. look that big and bad. That multiple points in that game, they looked beatable. It was like the Cowboys. 49ers defense looked beatable. The 49ers? Yeah. The Their Cowboys, defense? Had the Cowboys not started shooting themselves in the foot and had the so play you ain't gonna give no credit to the defense for making the plays, had though. The play calling been more creative. <laughs> I think the Cowboys could have beaten the forty. That that the forty nine did not was not as big as bat big and bad as if, if, if But I think fifth, if Kyle Shanahan would have let Purdy be Purdy from the last, from the first six games and not this past game, I don't I don't even think it would been a, I don't even think it would have been that close. Yeah, we, we got to get to a break. Uh, I'll I'll say this right. I think me and Auntie talked about this earlier. Dan Quinn, I think, had a huge hand in that. He knew Kyle Shanahan because he hired him. He 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 had you know intimate knowledge into that system. So I think that'll be a little different than, you know, Jonathan um, Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles when he plays Kyle Shanahan. I think you'll see more of what we're used to seeing from that Kyle Shanahan offense. Going back to Philadelphia, though, to me, on paper, from top to bottom, this is the most complete roster in football. If you want to win in the playoffs, you got to win in the (laughs) trenches. We saw that all throughout this weekend with the Buffalo-Cincinnati game. We saw that with, uh, you know, Philly versus the New York Giants. And I don't think anybody has a better front as far as the Eagles offensive line with Travis Kelsey, who's going to be a Hall of Famer, Lane Johnson, mm-hmm. Dickerson, the, le- the left Peters. guard. And then the, the other side, Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat. Um, they're just deep at the defensive line. They can get after you. I think they're the most complete team in football from top to bottom. And honestly, you talked about it. With Jalen Hurts, it's plus one. You have to account for somebody else running the football. That's what kind of separates the Eagles from everybody else. NFL fans, here's your chance to go to Super Bowl 57 in Phoenix. It's Super Bowl trivia on Mad Dog Unleashed starting on January 30th. Answered four trivia questions, and you'll be on your way. You'll receive two tickets to the game and four nights hotel accommodations. For for official rules, go to Sirius.XM.com slash 2023 Mad Dog Trivia. The contest is only open to subscribers 21 years of age or older since January 1st, 2023. No purchase is necessary. The NFL entities have not offered or sponsored this sweepstakes in any way. Lock it in to Christopher Russo on Mad Dog Unleashed Monday, January 30th at 3 p.m. Eastern for a chance to go to the Super Bowl only on Mad Dog Sports Radio Channel 82. I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete Tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete Tonight weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Sirius XM channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA tonight trial to start your free trial today. Sirius XM podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.